Welcome to In the Hot Seat with the Tenney Group. I'm Spencer Tenney. It's good to be with you. Today we have with us best-selling author of I Like Giving and top-rated podcast producer of the wow factor, Brad Formsma. Brad, welcome to Hot Seat. It's so good to be here. In fact, I've never been in the passenger hot seat, so honored. Well, I, I'm confident that you can take the heat, but we'll find out here soon enough. So before we heat things up just a little bit, can you just take 30 seconds? Now, don't, don't, I'm not going to be, we're going to be unpacking a lot of things, but just for context, take 30 seconds and let our audience get to know you a little bit. Uh, brought up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. If you took six words to describe me, entrepreneurial spirit, life passion is giving. And today I live in Orange County, California. All right. Well, that's a good start Married, right three there. kids. So, yep. No dogs. All right. And, 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 and quite the resume. So um, I'm very excited because there's so many uh, things that we are going to unpack here that I think are going to be relevant to the business owners um, and everybody across the transportation and, and, and logistics network uh, that, that tune into our content here. You know, one of the biggest things that I hear, you know, we, we close a, a, a transaction, almost always the largest financial transaction or event in a person's lifetime. And it's very, it, it can be overwhelming. You're talking about overnight, someone's net worth has just exploded and they're, what do, what's next? How do, how can I be a good steward of this? How can I bless others? And I think there's great intentions but maybe not so much a vision for what that looks like. I'm extremely excited about how you're going to help us point to some examples of, of what that might look like today. So, but, but before we get into that, let's talk about your background, your whole mission. You have a foundation. I like giving. You have a best-selling book. I like giving. What's your obsession with giving? What is this all about? Well, uh, I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, like I said, and I had a small service business for nearly 20 years, but I had the privilege of having a grandpa model the generous life to me. And as my heart got right and realized the world wasn't all about me, I started to implement things I learned from grandpa, which is a good thing to do, into my business and ways to be generous that included being generous with my employees with money. But it went way beyond that, Spencer, this whole idea of being generous with your words and your influence and sharing your belongings, just to name a few. And as time went on, I began to realize that I could grow this small business or I could sell it and go full time, full steam ahead. And so I did. I started an organization called I Like Giving with this mission to inspire people to live generously. I just thought... It doesn't matter how much money I could make in this business to give away. I could have more impact if I created an, a machine and an engine that used stories based on good content. You know, my old friend, uh, Admiral Vern Clark says, you know, there's a lot of good things in the good book. And when you live them out, good things happen. So that's what we're all about. I love it. I love it. And, you know, you mentioned stories here, um, which is timely. And, and I don't even—I don't know if you know this, but uh, it, um, two two Thanksgivings ago, um, read your book, and we actually used it at the Thanksgiving table. One, of, my son 
reads one of these stories about generosity to our family, which was a really special thing. But that's kind of what is involved in the book. So could you tell us a little bit about I Like Giving, how the content came together, and then maybe, you know, what's been the impact since you released it? Well, we started an organization called I Like Giving with the goal of inspiring people to live generously. And then I guess we're either too creative or not creative enough. An author uh, publisher group came to me and said, we want you to take all these great stories you have and create a book. So we wrote the book, I Like Giving, The Transforming Power of a Generous Life. And it's 44 short stories of my story and others from age eight to 98. And they're not all about money. And the whole idea is, you know, Spencer, when we move from awareness to action, good things, miracles happen. And so Mm. that was the idea to just, you can't steer a parked car. I guess in your world, you can't steer a parked truck, rig, whatever you call it, but you got to get rolling. So we like to just say, we want to be a spark. We believe in that idea. It's better to give than receive. And, you know, it really is true. You know, the more you live that way, you know, there's the old proverb that says the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I want a bigger world. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, you know, someone who maybe they just hear a soundbite of this conversation, they might say, well, if I had a lot of money, I would be more generous, but. I don't have a lot of money, but you just kind of turned that viewpoint on its head. You mentioned that the, the, the kind of the seven ways or the seven components of the generous life. Can you unpack that for us? Because I think it's so powerful and, and has such broad application. Well, certainly. And, you know, the way we fulfill our mission at I Like Giving is three initiatives, generous business, generous family, and generous classroom. So as I explain those, look for these seven ways of living generously to come out through those three initiatives. So when you look at generous business, as we did at the Tenney Group, you invited us in to speak on the seven ways of living generously at work and beyond. We, we believe that when someone's generous, they're more productive, they're happier, and that's good for the bottom line in your business if you're looking for ROI, but it also mm-hmm. creates a culture. And that's where the Wow Factor Leadership Podcast that I host comes in. Wow stands for words of wisdom because we believe that stories of other good-hearted leaders and how they give and serve uniquely in their own communities is inspiring, gives other people ideas. So those seven ways, being generous with your thoughts towards yourself and others. Mm -hmm. Wow. Be generous with your words, your money. That's important to be generous with your money and your influence. Man, I wouldn't be here today if our friend Dwayne hadn't connected us, right? I mean, this is how this works. Good That's old right. Dwayne Donner down in Birmingham. So then you have uh, generosity of time, you know? And I had somebody on the podcast one time. This is a little crass, but I thought it was so good because we all have that 168-hour slice of time. She said, you know, the bottom line is this. If you're given an opportunity to do something, you got to decide, is it a hell yes, a hell no, because there's no hell maybes. And it made me laugh like, you know, that's really good. We have to learn to say no so we can be set up to do the things that are most important, you know, whether it's right. your faith and family and your, and your, and your work and, and all this. you got to be able to – and then attention. God, what is that like to be generous and fully present with your attention? 
it's probably one of the most powerful ways we can be generous in this age of distraction. I got this thing that's constantly rattling off my hip or desk and then generosity of belongings, the way we share our stuff. And so, Spencer, if you move then into the second initiative, Generous Family, like we did with you and your dad, we helped you guys create your story, capture your story so future generations could hear your heart and your laughter and what's important, your values. And then Generous Classroom, oh my word, you, you know, your company, hope it's okay to say this, has financially got behind this movement of helping us train the next generation of givers. Like, what is it like to be able to take our content that's world-class, created by teachers on our team, to help many other kids learn how to be generous later in their life? Because you said something very powerful earlier. You said, but what if I don't have a lot? And I love that line, start to start, start them young. That's when we really first establish our whole worldview anyway. And, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of takes us to, I think, where we're going to go next. And, well, then what happens when you do get a lot? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I want to I pause there because let me, let, let me just kind of frame where we're at in terms of transportation logistics. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, major major layoffs across uh, multiple different verticals and you know that 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 intersect the the supply chain so you can imagine how much fear and angst that creates across cultures uh across uh the employee and employer relationship where's there an opportunity right here to differentiate as part of integrating generosity as part of culture about of recruiting a part of, a part of retention what's what's out there that owners can embrace and, and truly be a leader in, in the area of, of culture and leadership and all the things right now. Well, I'm reminded of uh, a special time I got to spend with Herb Kelleher, who was the founder of Southwest Airlines. And, you know, obviously Herb, you know, when you think about industries and regulation, holy cow, he takes the cake for having to fight, you know, to even start an airline in Texas. And he said one time in between puffs and hits on his cigarette, he said, Brad, it's all about the people. Love your people. Take care of your people. And he viewed his people as like in front of the customer. Like he saw that as primary level one of customer. And so I think when we can be generous with our thoughts to our employees and understand where they're living, where we can as leaders address fear, you know, the world's not coming to an end. There's a little uh, pullback. Okay, well, I mean, that shouldn't be a pop quiz for any of us. But I think this gives us a chance to really, Spencer, go, what do we think about what we think about? I mean, we, where are we getting our information? I mean, this is where we've had countless people reach out about our wow factor and say, thank God, it's positive, encouraging messaging from people who are actively in business today. I mean, I know for me, I don't care if you're a Fox guy or MSNBC, I can only take a little bit of that or it'll start to spin me out. I'll get all wrapped around the axle to, you know, try to, <laughs> sorry. Right. <laughs> We're stretching now. Um... <laughs> no, I thought that was funny. Oh, yeah. No, uh, well noted. I, and, and I think that's such great encouragement 
to see that, uh, you know, what a, what a great window to evolve and to incorporate some principles that are certainly timeless, uh, but just so effective um, as it relates to just relationship, trust, and, 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 and like you said, production, efficiency, create that environment. It, it, it's good business. It, well, it just is. Well, Spencer, remember this. We all know this as leaders. What we think about, we bring about. And so if we're going down the road of fear, now that doesn't mean we can't be in reality. We should be in reality. And reality is our friend. But at the same time, boy, we can use affirming words. And they don't always need to be rainbows and butterflies. I could tell you, you know, hey, Spencer, we're, I, I'm actually going through some stuff, just a little worried about what's going to happen. But, you know, it's going to be okay. We're going to actually come out the other side of this better. I don't know how long that will be. I think we have to be realistic and transparent. Some of the best leaders I know are vulnerable. But then you step back up and say, okay, we're going here. A good leader right. says, we're going this way. We're not going to let news media and a few things in the economy fluster us. But in the words of the uh, esteemed psychologist Henry Cloud, he says, what you think about in the first five or six minutes of the day sets the trajectory for the whole day. And so, you know, I got to just go with this. Gratitude. Right. Gratitude's the way to start your day. There's something and probably three things every day that can be different that you think about to set your day up. We have so much to be grateful for. We're headed into Thanksgiving next week. I mean, you talked about that. But if we start the day with gratitude and then, you know, move into reality, mm -hmm. I think we're going to be okay. I love it. I love it. So let me come back to our clients and such an interesting – I mean, depending how you look at it, some people are very uncomfortable. They live very modest lives. They spent a lifetime – in my in my opinion, doing a tremendous job of living a generous life with their time, um, with their energy, um, and, and in most cases for their customers and for their clients, uh, at the expense of their family sometimes, and and yeah. that's what's real about yeah. the the yeah. you know the hardworking people in our industry, and so when they get this enormous amount of, you know, financial capability. It, there are there question marks. What do, what do I do with that responsibility? It, it can be kind of weighty. Yeah. So let's just start like what, let's just start with the advice for the business owner that exits the transportation logistics industry and now finds themselves in a position to give abundantly. Mm -hmm. What advice do you give to them? Well, I think about mindset a lot. And you're driving down the road, think, listening to this podcast, and you're going, what's in this for me? If you haven't sold your business, but you're moving towards that readiness to do that with a Tenny group, start to go on a long walk or start to turn off your phone and radio in your truck and think about how would I give a million bucks away? How would I give 500000 Where's my heart? And let, don't let the number scare you. That'll come. But begin to think about what is important to you. If you could make a difference. You know, there's a survey out there. 50 people over the age of 95 were surveyed. Hey, if you could do it all over again, what would you do? Three things, Spencer. I'll punch them out really quick. One, I'd reflect more. So that's what I'm speaking about right there. Take some time to do some deep thinking. Number two, take more risks. 
relationally, investment, giving. And a lot of these guys have in building their business. I mean, sweat, blood, and tears. I get it. But the third one was do something that will live beyond your life. And so when you start to think about those things, and these are 95-year-olds, by the way, reflecting back. Most of your guys, gals, own companies, they're not that age. So it's not too late to start thinking. So just be intentional about your thinking. The second thing is when you have the event, don't panic. But also don't let hurry and busy steal the joy of giving from you. So kind of work on a plan. I think there's a lot of wisdom in not doing huge gifts and huge spending in the first six to 12 months. But don't let that get away from you. I don't want to catch you three years from now. Oh, I still don't know what to do. Okay, I'm going to give you six to 12 months, but be intentional and have some focused time. And then pull two or three people around you, a good advisor that you've known, and help them have you look long view on where to invest. And then really, you know, pull a couple people or your whole family together and say, hey, we're thinking about giving in these certain areas. And then I would just, as bonus content, be aware that when you sell a business, the clue phone's ringing on this, so you're gonna wanna pick it up. What <laughs> happens? People go, hey, he's Mr. Gotts lots of bucks now. Let's call him for a donation. Your mailbox is gonna have 17,000 requests. Don't treat those as an invoice and just put them in that we'll just pay them and you know, give them some money to go away. They won't go away. So go give relationally, give where your heart goes and, and breathe. It's going to be okay, but you will think about that survey of those people over 95. What did they wish? They wish they would have done something more that would outlast them. And I think when you right. give and impact the life of others, I think you're hitting that one pretty bullseye. No, oh, I love that. You know, and, and just knowing you, and obviously just our you know, friendship that we've been developing over the last couple of years and getting to know you, kind of understanding the motivation of your heart behind um, giving. Yes, you want to impact people, but really, I mean, people that have been involved and been part of a, a, a journey in generosity realize that ultimately they're the ones that are the greatest beneficiaries of the giving that's taking place. And so could you tell us a story just in terms of you know, what, what have you observed as part of your mission where you've seen heart transformation as someone that's begun, stepped out in faith to live a generous life? What's happened as part of their heart, who they are as human beings, and walking in faith in, in terms of that journey? Well, you know, we've talked about fear. One of the fastest ways to get out of fear and the fastest way to get out of Brad and his needs or Spencer and his needs is to give. And we've painted this picture with these seven ways, and we could probably link to it in your show notes to help people realize, yeah, it's not writing a huge check every day, but daily, weekly, monthly, we can play this way. And I think it's, it's a process. It's not a once and done. It, it, it goes back to that mindset word that we've used. But when I think about a story that's, you know, so simple, that's so, you know, transforming for me is, I deal with a significant challenging health issue. And so I drive up from Orange County to UCLA. Some of your guys have been on the 405 and probably have other words for it. And so, you know, you just slog your way up there. And I go in and, and this lady 
the phlebotomist is, you know, poking the needle in your arm. And, you know, when you go up to UCLA, they take all this blood and money from you. And her name is Joy. <laughs> and she's got the grumpies. And I'm just like, some people just have the wrong name for the job, you know? <laughs> and we got all done. And, you know, she's labeling up all this blood that they took out of me. And I put a little gift card for Starbucks on her chair. And uh, I said, hey, Joy, do you ever go with a friend and just get one of those big 910 calorie, you know, frappuccinos with the whip and the drizzle and everything? And she turns around and she sees that. I said, there's your chance. Go do it. And this huge smile broke across her face. And it was 10 bucks. I walk out of there and my attitude, because I was feeling sorry for myself that I had to be there and sit in a room of people who were going through huge challenges. Everything changed. In fact, the back of my business card when I used to carry them says giving changes everything because it really does. It's so quick and so simple. And, you know, I'll just step out a little further and say, it's clinical, it's physiologically proven, and it's, you know, quite frankly, the way God created us, that when we give, our bodies produce things, oxytocin, dopamine, that, that connect us to people and change our attitude. You know, gratitude and attitude, gratitude and anxiety can't live in the brain at the same time. So all this stuff happens when we do things for others. So here's my challenge to the gang listening. You're in line. There's a grumpy barista. You can buy something for somebody behind you. You're at the grocery store. I mean, I, this is just proven. It's just fun. And everybody gets, a, you know, the giver, the receiver, and the observer benefit because it just all gets produced in our bodies. And that's why stories are so powerful because stories connect and move people from awareness to action. But, you, you know, you start small and, you, you know, you can go out to ilikegiving.com. We've got all these videos. The Wow Factor podcast is it's amazing. We've had over 160 leaders on now. You and your dad were the dynamic duo, father, son. I mean, it, it's it's a, it's a, there's good content in this world, contrary to what we're getting bombarded with. Right. And uh, and I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. No, I, I, I love the wow factor. So, so let's transition there for a moment. You know, some of your guests, we were talking about um, founder of Hobby Lobby, uh, founder of In-N-Out Burger. I mean, there's some major brands going down the list of almost 200 uh, guests that have literally shared their secret sauce, whether it be leadership or whatever makes their business thrive, um, a tremendous resource. You know, what is, I know that they're all, special but maybe tell us about a guest recently from the podcast that just blew your mind and what do they share with you well two jump off the charts to me one was uh mike mccarthy out of omaha nebraska runs a nine billion dollar operation called bridges trust and he said his wow was you know if you're a giver you'll be a good leader and if you're a taker you're gonna be a bad leader and i was like wow that's not complicated, but you know, <laughs> I also think because what we talked about on this, it's, it's really important for people to hear. You've got to take time thinking about where your future is going to go. You've worked your tail off. You built a business. I, I, I can em 
I can connect with you. I remember having one truck, two trucks, three trucks, four, and then you sell that and your identity can be wrapped around in your business. And yet your business may continue to go on, but your generosity may ripple on much further. And that's the fruit and result of you building this business and liquidating it and um, the impact that you can make. Another one that comes to mind is a guy, he just said, do hard thinking. And he would take a day, a month as a leader. And, you know, he was in northern Michigan and he would go climb up a sand dune and just sit there with a pen and paper and think. He said a lot of leaders just don't think and think about your business, you know, work on your business, not in it. I mean, that was interesting. Lindsay from In-N-Out Burger, who you mentioned, her wow was be a vulnerable leader. I mean, her glass door ratings over 99%, 45,000 people, largely in California. And she's got a strong faith perspective, slides Bible verses on the fry tray and the uh, shake cup. And, but you know, she's been able to say to her employees, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what to do. What do you think? So those are three that just jump off the page and I could, I could keep going. No, I know, I know that you can. So tell us about what's up ahead for you. You're, you've, you've had tremendous traction uh, with the best-selling book, widely um, successful podcasts. What's next for Brad Formsma and all that you've got going on? Well, for, for us, you know, Spencer, I like giving the nonprofit organization has the generous classroom initiative and we're specifically developed this phase now of content kindergarten through eighth grade and it's progressive. It continues to grow. You know, there's 30,000 private schools, 140,000 public schools and a homeschool market that's, you know, growing daily. And we've created content for these groups and we want them to know about us. And so our hope and thoughts is that we can get connected to more schools across the country. Once the school hears about us, they use it and they keep using it. it it's uh, because we love teachers and they're quitting like crazy and they're discouraged and they're getting hammered left and right. And so we created content that they can prep in two or three minutes and away they go and it shifts the culture in their class. So it's like a double whammy for us. We help a teacher have a better day and a better opportunity in the classroom, discipline, all that. And then we help kids actually be generous. Can you imagine the idea of a generous text or a generous social media post? I mean, that's what we're shouting from the rooftops. Stupid left the building, as our buddy Dave Ramsey says, and it got into all these schools. And I think it's time that we just bring wholesome, good-hearted content to the life that's truly life. I don't get it right all the time, but it's sure, you know, let's go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Let's be grateful every morning and let's do some thinking on our own and let's go make the world a more generous place. I love it. You know, I love how simple and actionable your curriculum makes it for students to go bless others. Just like you said, a kind tweet. It's like speaking their language yeah. or or whatever whatever they do. I just think that's so powerful. Like some you know, I think that in deep down our children like you said, they're designed 
to be kind and generous, if we equip them with the ability to do that, I believe that they'll actually do that and they'll make good choices if we equip them with the ability to do that. So I just, I'm tremendously excited about what you're doing um, with that work. So a couple more questions, Mr. Formsman. You know, I keep coming, I keep coming back to, you know, these folks and, you know, in a very typical profile for our clients, you, you know, you have a, a mid-sized trucking company, you know, maybe four to 600 trucks, large employer for a small community. And um, they're already doing generous things simply by providing a machine that creates jobs. I mean, that's a huge thing from a, from a generosity standpoint to think about how to do that. But, you know, moving forward, what, what vision could you, what picture can you paint for the people that I think quite honestly have more impact on communities than anybody in America when it really comes down to it, as far as these employers, both what they do with their business. And then once they transition it to somebody else, what, what should they be excited about in this next season of life that maybe they have not yet experienced that they're going to get to do that maybe some people never get to do? What can you share with them based on what you've experienced through your network? Well, just to pick up where we where we left off about the kind, generous tweets, we're all starving for affirmation. It's just most of us don't want to admit it. I mean, I like it. I'm, I'm sure you like it. And so just what a, what a great layup of an idea as we employ people in communities to affirm and specifically do that. And then correct privately, I think, are just some, some tips that I always like to share because they're good reminders. You know, sometimes I just want to get after somebody and straighten them out, and I don't want to be doing that in front of anybody else. The opportunity, when you think about a lot of these companies, they put their names on the back of T-ball shirts. Everybody wants to be associated with generosity, but does that really do anything other than help the screen printer? I mean, I don't know. So I feel like when we can get a little deeper inside of the community through our schools and after-school programs with the content that we created, it everybody's looking for really good content. So it sounds self-serving to say this, but... You know, when you teach something that's wholesome and speaks to the core of a person, you can change a community and make a community better by helping mm -hmm. activate hundreds and hundreds of other kids by having them learn the generous life. But I would also say this, giving of your time and money are just two of the seven ways. And so as you as you go through this process of saying, yeah, well, I'm going to sell my business. And there's a lot of emotion to that. And you guys do better than anybody else I know of walking people through, hey, here's what you're going to be feeling. Here's kind of the process. You know, you're not a one-off. And then, you know, this is what's so important about this conversation because the next step then is to say, what kind of resources do I want to deploy? What kind of resources do I want to enjoy? And then which ones do I want to leave behind in my family? And of course, I'm going to walk myself right into that. But I think less is more on inheritances. Inheritances is money. Legacy is a whole lot more to that of how you're imprinting your life and helping somebody else who's probably going to think about you way long after you're gone. And it probably won't be the money you left them. In fact, I... Um, extra content here, but I was talking to a guy yesterday who wrote fables of fortune, what rich people have that you don't want. 
And so he was just talking about how you get this pile of money and people start just passing out tons of money to their kids and grandkids without any training or without any purpose. And that's dangerous. I'd really caution that. Go low and go slow and spread it out over time. You're going to sell your business and think that you're going to give Johnny and Susie, you know, million bucks each and they're 14 why don't we why don't we do a whole lot less drop a few zeros give them something nice at 20 tap the air brakes a little something at 25 30 35 That's right you know um I love, I love, i'm a product think... i'm a product of that man i mean i've i've never really said this publicly i i feel like i should start saying it more where i had a grandpa that was successful and he'd Give us 10,000, 5,000 here and there when our late teens, early 20s. And I, boy, did I have a nice car stereo. But, you know, you can't really grow a car stereo. It's worth a whole lot less right away. Right. So I learned early on, you know, I, mean, I thank God he didn't give me any more. And, you know, he didn't give us much more than that, actually. But it was like some of those early dollars can be very dangerous. You got to give. You got to give a little direction. No, let them fail with a small amount. Let them fail with a small amount while you're live. No. Let them let them wa watch them watch them waste some money. And um, check your heart on all that stuff, but train them. Yeah, and I, I loved like your um, example of this this small idea of you know this generosity in small bites that create ripples we have no idea where that goes right like we have no idea and no so idea. uh it's it's a pretty amazing way to begin living that out and the other thing that you made me think of you know a lot of our folks that are in that stage of transitioning the business i think one of the the mindset shift that i think is so powerful is when they begin to connect that hey i've i've taken my generosity as far as it can go but based on my season of life the greatest gift, the most generous that I can be is to transition control and ownership to someone who will then allow them to go further, to earn more, to stretch and develop in their careers. That is the hardest gift for most business owners to give. Um, and, 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 and the gift is to step aside. And that's one of the most unnatural things yeah, that's right. as human beings for us to do. And so I, well, I think that... I was just going to say, I think that where I see like this maturity, which is a process, as you said, is when they see that as an act of generosity, not so much as this is the, the curtain call of my career. It literally is one of the most generous things that you can do. And so, um, I don't know, it's inspired by what you said. And I, I just see that as such a, a key part of where we see like mature decision making and acts of generosity taking place as part of these business transfers. It's so true, Spencer. You know, uh, being generous, what I would call with transition and thoughtful next steps. I mean, here's the thing. Nobody thinks they're going to die, but we all going to pay taxes and die. And so what's crazy is you hang on too long and then a health thing comes and you're not in control anymore. You make the pre-decision that you want to transition well and help that next generation of leaders take the baton, right? I mean, we've all seen those races around the track where the baton doesn't get handled well, and it doesn't turn out good. Right. 
So, you know, you make that decision now and, and, uh, cause there's going to be a transition. Why don't you make it a good one? Excellent. Excellent stuff here. So, so let's just, let's, let's wrap this up here. So, um, you, you, you've, you've hinted at some terrific tools that can begin equipping. So let me start with, with the businesses for the businesses that say, Hey, I love what you are talking about. How can I take steps towards integrating some of these generous life concepts into my business? What, what, what would you recommend? Well, I think the best thing to do is to reach out to us, Brad one, Brad and the number one at I like giving.com. And I've never met two businesses that are the same. And so like we did with your company, we did a kind of a morning session with you. Sometimes we do something for the broader company and then get with a smaller leadership group. Sometimes we just do something virtually. Sometimes it just turns out that the person's a perfect fit for the podcast. So I'm not interested in selling anybody anything. I'm interested in helping them go to where they want to go next. And I think we have kind of this suite of things that we can serve families um you know come on your industry is the backbone of america right i mean this is amen i mean i i benefit from all that everybody listening's doing um you save me time because i don't have to go to the store anymore <laughs> right that's part Other of the than problem, costco right? of course <laughs> that's part of the problem well listen i you know, the, the work that you're doing, I hope that you feel encouraged. It's so important. And I'm uh, just so inspired. Um, we're going to make sure that we get the notes and in, in, in the links in, in terms of the commentary. But let me, you know, you're asking for the words of wisdom. Let me let me close with your word of wisdom. What would be your one word of wisdom if we reverse roles and I was interviewing on your podcast? What 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 would be the one word of wisdom that you could leave with our audience today? I would say generosity inspires generosity. We never know when that one act of being generous in those seven ways, we never know where that impact is going to lead. It could ripple out. Picture that stone hitting that pond. Look how far out those ripples go. I love it. That's beautiful. Brad, thanks for being with us. That's going to do it for us in the hot seat. We will see you next time. 